Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, nerds. You are listening to the Clankers Podcast, your search for two guys rambling and ranting about everything nerd culture. Gotta tell you, it's a beautiful day here on Earth. Matt and I are psyched for you to join us today. Happy New Year's, gamers. We have a wonderful episode for you today discussing the newest releases in gaming and our most anticipated releases for the year 2020. Today will be games, movies, and TV for the first year of what I've been calling the Roaring Twenties Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Bringing us into today's episode is Control-Z by Halverson. Link in the description. All right, Matt, it is a new year. How are you doing yes, today, sir. buddy? Today I am doing pretty great. Um pretty good you know as always you expect the new year to feel like uh this sort of grand occasion but uh just feel like i did two days ago so nothing wrong with that yeah i was feeling fine two (laughs) days ago so i'm feeling fine now very good very good how'd you celebrate the new year i had a buddy from out of town come in and stay at my place with me for a couple days and uh from my uh porch you can see people shooting off illegal fireworks all over my town so uh, we just sat on my porch, watched illegal fireworks. He had a ukulele. Pretty good time. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, as you know, just moved from that central time zone to the New England time zone. So I got to celebrate with New York this year. It was actually pretty fun. I've always watched the um, oh the ball drop, the ball drop in New York. Yeah, but this this time I actually got to celebrate it. You know, got ready. You know. It was just me and the wife sitting on the couch watching <laughs> watching the live stream. It wasn't really anything all that exciting, but waited for the ball to drop. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Dick Clark special, you know. Ball dropped. Gave my wife a kiss. Popped champagne. Scared the shit out of my cat, you know. <laughs> hey man, that sounds it, fun. it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Actually, but, uh, you know what new I did? Year? The first thing I did this year is I watched the uh, I watched the box arc of Clone Wars again. The box art. Yeah, when uh, Obi-Wan fakes his own death and becomes a bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Oh, that's good. Yep. Oh, man. Well, you know what people say, new year, new me, right? What are you going to be doing new in the year 2020? Uh, that's a tough question, friend. Um, I guess I could tell you a lot of things, but I think the only thing that's really new this year is it's going to be the year I finally get my own place. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Nice. That's a big step. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, new year, new me. I mean, everyone wants to be like, oh, I'm going to lose, you know, 100 pounds. I'm going to sprint five miles every day. I'm going to only eat kale off the floor. I'm going to be a complete, you know, (laughs) vegan, vegetarian, full freaking vegan, what have you. But uh, New Year fucking... New me, I guess my only resolution that I really have for the year 2020 is to probably just go shooting more. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really make any I mean, resolutions, so... Yeah, I, I mean, with my job, I already shoot a lot, but I, I want to do it on my personal time. There's a couple, uh, couple gun clubs in my area that I kind of want to get my feet wet in, maybe go back to doing a little bit of competitive shooting. Sure, Not sure. competitive rifle shooting, but competitive pistol shooting. That's stuff I... I really love to do, but I got you. I don't know. The 2020 isn't that different from, you know, 2019. <laughs> no, not really. At just least not because yet. just because it's a, no, just because it's a new decade doesn't mean that your childhood's over. People are freaking out about that. Although, I got to say, what out of the entire decade, what was 
the most influential game? Most Best game. Influential game to game. me or in general? In general. Just in, in general, general, it was Minecraft. I don't think anybody could debate that. Oh, no. Uh, I, I think you're right. Went from being the weird new indie game out of the Norse to the number one best-selling game of all time. And then That's it got really stats. cringy. And then it got really popular yeah. again. Made the got full super circle. cringy on YouTube. <laughs> yep. It did the full circle, man. Hopefully Fortnite's like that. Hopefully that just dies off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. only you can only pray though about that. Yeah, Fortnite's right. in its uh, cringy stage right now. Hopefully it doesn't ever work its yeah. way out of that hole. No, there's no really coming back from the cringy stage unless you like die off for a year or two and then come back. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen to Minecraft. Or it's what happened to Minecraft. It's probably what's going to happen to Fortnite. They're going to make like, you know, Fortnite 2 Battle Royale or something like that and it's going to get super popular again, but not as popular. Sure. You know what I mean? All right, games in 2020. We got some big titles, big, 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 big titles releasing this next year. Um, as you know, this year is going to be the release of the PlayStation 5 as well as the Xbox Series X, both Very of which are exciting. boasting some, both of which are boasting some mad, mad, mad specs. I got to tell you, I've been looking at the spec sheets. Well, you know, there's nothing confirmed out now, but it should be pretty crazy compared to uh compared to last year or last generation of console i mean last generation of console did come out what five years ago now four years ago 2016 um six years ago six years ago yes sir i remember i picked up my xbox one day one edition in 2013 so man that is a while ago yeah it's been a hot minute (laughs) it's been quite a minute um but yeah xbox series x gotta say not too psyched about the design on the outside. Oh, I love it. I don't like the fact that... I I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. The only issue that I have with it is uh, it's it's a weird issue, all right? You know how most everyone has, like, a stand where their TV goes, you know, and it's got the little, like, slots underneath it? Sure. Originally, it was for putting, like, your cable box or your DVR or, you know, your TiVo or anything like that. Yeah, I got you. But now... I don't think the Xbox Series X is going to fit in most of those TV stands. No, I was actually you know I mean? looking at my entertainment center just the other day, and I realized that it's definitely not going to fit there. No, no, it's definitely not. All right, we'll get more into the Xbox Series X here in a little bit. Uh, first big title I want to talk to you about is something that we're both pretty close with. Uh, Overwatch 2. Oh, coming yes. out 2020 to be determined i don't think we have a release date on it yet but it is still to be determined uh one of the big things that's going to set overwatch 2 apart from the original overwatch i don't remember if they have a title for it other than overwatch 2 no it's just Overwatch. story 2 right missions now. yeah story <laughs> we get story missions and all right skill trees for each hero that is what i am most looking forward to is it's figuring gonna be crazy out what sort of variants i'm gonna get on uh wrecking balls abilities because don't get me wrong uh <laughs> being a human uh newton's cradle is pretty fun but i want to see how i can become a ridiculously overpowered newton's cradle oh yeah oh yeah newton's cradle killer exactly but yeah um something everyone's really excited about is going to be the story missions because other than you know a few cinematic trailers for new heroes and a couple cinematic launch trailers and, and uh, a couple of comics event. and side stories, occasional events. Yeah. 
other than that, we have not really gotten all that much actual story out of Overwatch and how the world developed into the way it is. Everyone will tell you, okay, you just don't know enough about Overwatch 1. But, I mean, come on. We want this... Maybe it's just me, but I want this story in the game. Yeah. I don't want to have to, you know... <laughs> don't have to I don't want to have to go on to... of lore just to figure out what's going on in the game you're playing. <laughs> mountains of Reddit posts just trying to wonder how did the world turn into the way it is. But... I have an okay understanding of it, but I I never really got more than anything that was in the game. I always looked in the game for that kind of stuff. But story missions, uh, hero-driven, PV, uh, player versus, you know, computer, should be pretty fun. There should be, uh, what they're saying is, four-player co-op story missions. So you and Please. three other friends will be able to go out and take on the world and, I guess, try to save save Overwatch. We'll sure. see. I mean, I know uh, players in world. Oh yeah, uh, there's going to be a plethora of YouTube explaining the backstories of Overwatch World once <laughs> once Overwatch Two comes out because people are going to play through it instantaneously and then they're going to go onto YouTube and they're going to make a big like you know 35 minute video of exactly everything that came to be before Overwatch came out. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there will be some PvP upgrades coming to Overwatch One, like the skill tree should be coming to Overwatch One, but you still only have Overwatch 1. You're not going to have the enhanced graphics or the story mode. It is going to be running on the Xbox Series X as well as the PlayStation 5. I tell and you of course, what, coming something out on I'm PC. particularly excited for is Let's uh, hear it. Blizzard did say that every cosmetic item that you have in Overwatch 1, you will still have in Overwatch 2. So if you've got That's exciting. The, uh, if you've got like I don't know, the officer diva skin and you're like, "Dang, mm-hmm. that's my favorite skin. I don't want to lose that." Don't worry. You get to keep your Officer Diva skin. You get to te- you get to keep your uh, Wolf skin, Hanzo, uh, Rat King, Reaper. All that goes with you. <laughs> as long as you're playing on the same, you know, account. Xbox account. I don't yeah. think it'll matter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the Xbox Series X a little bit more in depth right now. So the intro or the the beginning of the launch trailer was. Imagine if you could dream any dream that you wanted to dream. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not even, it just bullshitting me at this point. Come on, just tell me about the, tell me about the console. Let's get some specs up in here, you know? Let's get some figures, you know, some FPS, something like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. Let's get social, yeah. Uh, they displayed uh, two games in the cinematic trailer. One mm-hmm. was very obviously... Halo Infinity, Infinite, Infinite, Halo Infinite, you know, that's of course going to be like the main, 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 you know, title coming out. Of It'll probably drop as that's, soon as the Xbox Series yeah, That's going to be the big headliner. Oh, yeah. It's the, supposed to be the sequel slash end all to the Halo universe. However, I don't think that's true. I think if it takes off with the Series X, they're going to keep this ball rolling because why would you not want to make money? Am I right? Of course. But uh, And then the other game that was clearly featured on there was a soccer game, and we can have absolutely no doubts that that was 99.9% likely FIFA 2021. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, it's There's only so you much see you a can soccer game, to the imagination there. Yeah, it's a triple a soccer game and so it's gonna be fifa it's gonna be 2021 since the console comes out in 2020 it's gonna be 2021 and then you know next holiday you're gonna get 2022 it's just the same it's the same fucking game reskinned i mean 
I never really got into any of those sports games. The like most sport game, I guess you can say, I got invested in was uh, NHL. 2017 and nhl 2007 on the gamecube those were really my my best sports games but i I am a hockey nerd i played quite a bit of fifa 15 because they had my favorite player lineup for uh fc Bayern and a little select team out in uh, munich so Uh, uh, the next year they cut this guy schweinsteiger from the from the team and so they took him out of fifa of course so it was unplayable yeah, so I just kept <laughs> I just kept FIFA 15 and never upgraded. Hey, sometimes you just gotta stick with what works, right? That's right. Like I'm not I'm not even gonna be worried about uh, the next NBA games because they're not gonna have Tony Parker on the Spurs because they just retired yeah. his number. So why would I care? Yeah, you know, he's not gonna be there. <laughs> right. But uh, we're we're supposed to get massive, massive, massive graphic overhauls for the Series X. It was in their trailer, you know, all these, like, graphics look like they're, like, loading in, and they're doing, like, wireframe models, and then the textures loading around them. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest kickers for the Xbox Series X, is it's going to be just extremely performance-driven. And I hope that's true, because I got a spot right here on my desk for it. I'm excited. I'm just a fanboy, but I am going to pre-order mine as soon as they're available to pre-order. I'm I'm already saving up, man. They say that thing's going to be $600, and a lot of people are like, man, y'all are trying to, like, take everything out of my wallet. I don't care, man. They can have my (laughs) wallet. They said $600. They said $600, but supposedly it's supposed to go down to $500 now. I would be extremely excited if it was only $500 coming out. That That does make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, here here's my thing, okay? We're out here paying, you know, $1200 for the, you know, iPhone uh <laughs> iPhone Pro, the 11 Pro. Right. But that's $1200. It's something you use every day. For someone who is, you know, a gamer like me, serious gamer, I honestly wouldn't mind paying $500 for a console, especially if it's really good. Cuz it's something and that, that goes you for also the, use every day. Yeah, pretty much every day. I mean, I might, you know, some days only be using it for, you know, Netflix, but well, I mean, but hey, that's what Xbox is all about. But it'll be some damn good Netflix on that series. Exactly. X. It's you can you can be guaranteed it's going to get a Cat Six wired in. You know, we're not oh, yeah. we're not slacking. It's no. going to be plugged into the monitor and everything. We're going hard on this one. But yeah, and that's that's going to go for the PS Five as well. It's supposed to be a major, major, major overhaul. You know, they got to keep up with each other when they compete. Of they course. at least have to be in like the same level as each other. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about. The PS4 generation releases. We had some big, 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 big heavy hitters out there. Especially speaking, God of War. We had Detroit Become Human and Spider-Man. Yep. All massive titles. All were fantastic. I never played through God of War, but I watched playthroughs of it, and I thought it was. It looked absolutely amazing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And uh, me and you, I, uh, me and you, both played through uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, that, that was, was fantastic. an excellent game as well. Graphics on that were just absolutely knock your socks off, stunning. And then Spider Man, I didn't play that, but you played that. You told me about it. Actually, I played it a little bit at your place, and it was. That was a pretty good game. Not it really my thing, because... Probably my favorite Spider-Man game they've ever done, which you wouldn't think really? says a lot. But uh, if you remember, they've been making games right around the same time as the Spider-Man movies since, like, 2002. So, True. Uh, it was definitely my favorite so far, because I played just about all of them. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Supposedly we're supposed to get a couple big PS5 releases, but we haven't had that many called out for PS5 yet for the next for the you know the next generation of console. However, for the Xbox Series X generation of consoles, we've had some big heavy hitters. One of course being Halo Infinite, you know, Last of the Saga. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be pretty big. But uh something that I'm actually quite excited about and it's supposed to be coming to Xbox is Flight Simulator 2020. Yeah. Dude, it I is supposed still have to be my amazing. joystick uh in my in my <laughs> attic that I could plug into my computer and I have Microsoft Flight Simulator X which was mm-hmm. uh, the 2006 6 that's 2006, right. it was 2006 yeah. and I would uh, I would just set my joystick up with a little throttle on the side on my desk and I would sit there and I would like fly over uh San Antonio <laughs> and then probably I would do the same the plane, thing man but hey you know <laughs> you know uh, I, I don't think I had a uh, flight simulator X. I think I had whatever came before it. I can't remember, but it, I do remember when I was young that it ran on my mom's Dell Inspiron laptop and I had a little, <laughs> I had a little joystick too, and I would fly all over the place. I would always be like, all right, today's the day I'm going to make the flight across from Hawaii to, to the United States. And then I'd always get so bored. Cause that's like oh, yeah. 12 hours of just over the ocean. <laughs> So now, uh, one of the things that uh, Flight Simulator X has done that has been absolutely stunning to the world is it's been able to maintain fairly like heavy usage over the last what is that fourteen years? Oh yeah, people, people have been still playing that Flight nonstop. Simulator. They mod it, but not only mod it, they got role play servers, they got Flight Academy servers, all this crazy stuff. Now, when we're talking about Flight Simulator 2020, however, this is supposed to be the most realistic flight flight simulator to ever hit the civilian commercial market. Of course, you got, you know, the crazy, you know, military simulators out there. Yeah, we can't get our hands on those, but Flight Simulator 2020 is supposed to have 2 million gigabytes on their servers of footage of the Earth, making it one of the largest maps in any... Uh, in any game it's supposed to have ai to help fill in surrounding areas make everything look as natural as possible i'm not saying you're going to be able to you know launch from your airport follow the highway down and find your house but you're going to get pretty dang close they're going to get as much of the actual world as you can into one game i'm really excited for that i think you're probably really excited for that oh, too. yeah and it's actually it's actually supposed to come out on the series x as well just and that's going to be today, pretty cool. Uh, I was looking at a screenshot that they released, or a few screenshots mm-hmm. of a commercial plane flying over San Francisco, and mm-hmm. that alone was enough to make me want to buy the game, no doubt. I know. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that the devs were actually worried about when they released a bunch of screenshots of actual gameplay was people wouldn't think that it was the game. They thought that, They were worried that people were going to think, oh, that's just, you know... A picture of an airplane yeah. <laughs> being flown. They've gone to painstaking detail developing this game. They've gone into the cockpits of you know hundreds of aircraft, looking at all the controls, getting 3D modeling done. You know, doing the hand scan 3D yep. modeling, making sure every sir, every little nook and cranny is mapped out so it looks as realistic as possible in this game. I think it's going to be pretty pretty epic. <laughs> That's just me. I All right, agree. let's talk 
Xbox releases this year or this generation. There weren't many big Xbox only releases. Of course, we had we we had a you know couple Halo games coming out. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Sea of Thieves. We had a couple other big names, but other than that, there wasn't much that came out to the Xbox that was just push it over the edge better than stuff that came out on the PS4. Now, however, they're really trying to fix that this upcoming cycle, and one of the big games that we're going to have coming out is going to be Skull and Bones. Oh, yeah. It's to be determined. Now, you love you love Sea of Thieves. Me and you play Sea of, the, sea of Thieves all the time, right? Yeah, at least once a week. And did you love Assassin's Creed Black Flag? I absolutely adored Assassin's Creed Black Flag. If I remember correctly, it was one of the first games I ever 100%ed. Exactly. Now, Skull and Bones, uh, this is what I was able to find online. It's from the same people who made Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yes, sir. And it's going to be all the naval fighting, none of the Assassin's Creed. Yep. It's just going to be straight up Sea of Thieves style, like, you know, you're completing quests, you're taking out rival pirates, all this stuff. Now, it's going to be heavily multiplayer based, you know, going up against other pirates, other ships. You're going to be able to upgrade cannons, mortars, you know, really makeshift rocket launchers. You're going to be able to board other ships real time, sneak attacks, missions, night, day, everything you can imagine. Super realistic oceans, all taking place in the Indian Sea. But you're also going to have a great, I wouldn't say story mode completely. It's going to kind of be like Grand Theft Auto V, where it was an open world, and you had, you know, everyone is still there. It's still a multiplayer server, but you're able to follow specific quest lines, and you're going to be able to, you know, carry out those quests. It's going to be like GTA V online a little bit. I'm really excited. Of course, there's going to be major... It's going to be... It's coming out on the Series X. It's going to be super big cosmetically. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be looking good, performing good. Everything's going to look absolutely crazy. And if I don't get just a shit ton of 1700s sea shanties, I might not even buy the game. That's true. <laughs> now, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and all those sea shanties. Because because of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, everyone who played through that game knows all the world all the words to Drunken Sailor. <laughs> That's true. No, I uh I am one of those people that actually owns all of the uh, the sea shanties from that game uh, on the soundtrack oh, yeah. version on iTunes. So I I got them all downloaded on my phone. Not just the shanties, but the uh, fandangos as well. Oh yes, those are really those are really good to me. It's like I'll just be shuffling through all the music on my phone. I I normally don't seek them out to listen to, but uh, I'll if be you, you know shuffling on through one, on you're my never phone. Skip it. Oh, no, I come up and it's like, I'm just skipping through. I'm on the way to work or something, and then, I thought I heard the old man say, leave her, Johnny, leave her. But I hear that, and I'm like, hell yeah, black flag, I'm a fucking pirate boy. When, in reality, I'm probably just, you know, like, on the way to the store to get tortillas or something. But, but, you know, (laughs) details aside. All right, let's talk Star Wars. What's oh. coming out in 2020? Now, before, Mandalorian. before we make that shift. Uh, oh, let's do it. When I was when what I was got? first getting into they announced uh, Skull and Bones at E3 2018. 
and yep. uh, they released some gameplay and all that. Very exciting. And I heard that it was all the same devs that did the naval combat in Black Flag. And one of the of big course. things that I was worried about is uh, would they be lacking um, in things like, uh, you know how the Sea of, sea of Thieves has Krakens, uh, mm-hmm. it has Megalodons, it has the, uh, the skeleton ships, things like that, like haunted ships. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I was very excited to see is they uh, teased the Kraken in the initial reveal trailer for Skull and Bones. So I'm <laughs> very excited to see how the Assassin's Creed devs do the Kraken compared to how Sea of Thieves does the Kraken. It's going to be interesting. The Kraken's obviously going to be a lot more, you know, gritty and realistic. I, I love the cartoony aspect of Sea of Thieves. It's absolutely fantastic to me, you know. But I really did absolutely love Black Flag as well. I think if that drops down on, even if it comes out on the 1X, or uh, I'm sorry, if it comes out on the 1, I'm going to be playing the absolute fucking shit out of it. I'll be right Me and you are going to get it, and we're going to be hitting multiplayer hard. We're going to be tapping that, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just super exciting. Oh, we... um. Before we do shift gears, we should be getting a new Forza coming out to the Series X as well. Oh, yes. Heard rumors coming through the through the stratosphere about Forza Motorsport 8 coming out and the new Horizon coming out as well on the Series X. That'll be Horizon 5? Five. Five? Yes, 5. Uh, I loved the, uh, what was that, Horizon 3 took place Wheels in... The Hot Wheels DLC? Right. Yeah, it, it took... I loved it so when it was I. just in Australia. I loved it when they dropped the um, the cold weather, you know, the, the ski mountain That's right. side of the map. I loved that too. But then they dropped the Hot Wheels side of the map too, and it was just blowing my freaking mind, man. Oh, yeah. I was vibing with that. And they dropped all the like old-style Hot Wheels cars and everything. And when they did that, they also dropped those same Hot Wheels cars into Motorsport 7 as well. So you could play as those in the, the, <laughs> in the game as well. Mill. Oh yeah, the classic, the classic twin will, twin mill, the uh, the bone rattler. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, the big skull on the front oh. of the car. Mm-hmm. I loved that thing. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna shift gears now into TV. Now, before we talk about things coming out in 2020, I gotta tell you something I wanted to do before uh, 2019 ended is I wanted to watch through all of Avatar The Last Airbender again. Because uh, the wife, she watched through it when I was out training, and she loved it. Did I force you to watch through it? You did not. No. I didn't. I think I actually left the DVDs at your house, though. You did. You left <laughs> them at my house, and, I, and uh, I was like, oh, Spencer will probably want these back because these are pretty much his version of a family Bible. Yeah. So I kept them in a very safe place. And then you were like, oh, did you watch him? And I was like, ah, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. But yeah, I'm going to have, you're going to need to watch through those because absolutely, absolutely epic. I watched through it again, 2019. Me and the wife, we watched like five, six episodes every night for a while. We managed to drive through it really quickly. It's only three seasons and the seasons are a little bit short, but I, I love that series, man. Now, we're supposed to be getting, in 2020, a Netflix adaptation, a live adaptation 
of Avatar The Last Airbender. And we all know what happened last time, don't we? Yeah. A certain Mr. Shyamalan kind (laughs) of buried that one. Not our greatest triumph as a community there. No. No, I don't think so. Um... But, however, I was watching interviews about this upcoming Netflix adaptation. They're still in early, early development stage. So I don't think we're going to get it in 2020, but we should get it in at least 2021 because it's about how long it takes to produce a show, you know, about a year. So hopefully we're going to get that first season drop of the the live adaptation. Now, when they came out with uh, the M. Night Shyamalan version of Avatar The Last Airbender... They did not include the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender in the actual creative process. Correct. I was watching an interview about that, and they were talking how they would try to suggest things to M. Night Shyamalan, and he's like, no, I'm going to go my own way. Which doesn't and great, make much there, sense. No, when you're making a movie off an already existing TV show, and it's supposed to follow the same storyline as the TV show, maybe you should include the input of the guys who made it so famous anyways. Like... That's just my opinion. You get into things like Star Trek, and it's like uh, the original Star Trek was Gene Roddenberry. That was his brainchild. Mm -hmm. And so you get to... uh, That was the 1960s. And so you get into uh, the newest Star Trek films with Chris Pine, you understand where they got some creative freedom because Gene Roddenberry died in the 1990s. You know? Yeah. He's long gone. Yeah, they don't really have him to talk to. Um, Pretty soon, we're probably going to be making Star Wars without George Lucas at all. Uh, yeah, like, and I, sadly. I mean, they don't really take his input that much anyways, but he won't even be around to give it if he wanted to. Uh, yeah. But with Avatar, they made that movie not even within 10 years of the show ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not, not even 10 years. And the creators were there and willing. Yeah. They were giving consensual help to this new movie coming out about their TV show, and the guy wouldn't even, you know, he wouldn't even take anything from them. He, I think he watched through the first two episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, and then he thought, yeah, I can make a movie off this, and he just ran with it. And then he just read One the synopsis that, of the rest of the show on Wikipedia. Yeah, he just he found it on the, the Avatar wiki, and he's like, all right, cool, yep, got it, we're got good, it. we're doing this. <laughs> Soka, Ong, yeah, that, perfect. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Uh, one of the things that pissed me off about that is... The biggest thing about Avatar The Last Airbender, or, of course, there's the storyline, the character development, all that stuff. One of the biggest, coolest things about the movie is the bending. Yes. It's, it's all about the bending. It's, it's what the show's about. But he changed a major, major flaw of that, where firebenders have to have a source of fire to firebend in the first place. Which was never the case. And to me, n- never the case, no. They were always able to make fire out of just... They're, you know, in the cases of most firebenders, out of their pure rage and their own energy, but in other firebenders, out of, you know, peace and calm and the power of the sun. But they completely changed that, and, <laughs> and that made me really upset, because as a kid, I was someone who watched Avatar The Last Airbender religiously. I had it on my iPod Classic, on my video iPod, you know, and I would watch through that, you know, yeah, on that man. little one-and-a-half-inch screen. I'd be playing Power that in the Rangers car. SPD on my iPod. There you go. <laughs> I would watch through that show constantly. And then he just went and messed it up. He gave Aang stupid tattoos. They weren't filled in. 
There's something just completely epic about Aang's just completely filled in blue arrow tattoo. Yeah. And then he made it just a bunch of like little lines and swirls and whatnot. And I was like, look oh, like the design on come the bandana. On. <laughs> that classic like denim bandana kind of yeah. kind of look. Oh man, yeah, yeah, it wasn't the best. No. <laughs> but should begin a new Avatar series. Thankfully, this time live series. I hope for some reason that it's not the first three seasons over again. I hope it's the silent time that we don't get much. Okay, so in between the end of Avatar The Last Airbender, the very end of Sozin's Comet, Mm -hmm. and the beginning of Legend of Korra, we only have a little bit of actual knowledge of what goes on during that time. You know, Zuko's on a quest to find his mother. We find out what happens, but it all takes place in these comics. The comics are, they're half decent, you know. If right. you really love the TV show, you'll like the comics. They'll be pretty good. But if you know, if you don't really care that much for the TV show, the comics are going to be, you know, just dog shit. But we get to know a good amount of storyline in there and all that. But I hope this is about the time in between the end of Sosin's Comet and the beginning of Legend of Korra, because there is quite a lot of time. There's a massive technology leap in between oh, yeah. the two civilizations, and so I want to know what happens in between there. I, maybe maybe that's just this one guy's opinion, you know. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, maybe so. Uh, speaking as a very casual Avatar fan, I won't get too deep into it, but uh, I would enjoy to uh, be able to watch the original cartoons and then watch mm-hmm. the live action show and get something new out of it, rather than just a retelling. Yeah, I want I want multiple stories. You know, that's. It's the same reason why Star Wars Episode Two, The Clone Wars, isn't exactly the same, and you know, Star Wars: The Clone Wars TV show isn't just a remake of Episode Two. Exactly, it's not a cartoon remake of a live action, and then you're not going to make a live action of a cartoon TV show. It doesn't. It doesn't go both ways. It th- maybe on book to movie or book to TV show it works, but it doesn't go two ways. Cartoon to live action, and we've actually talked about that before too. For sure. Uh, all right. But uh, other than that, yep, new Avatar coming out. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2 should be dropping late 2020. My man, John Favreau. Have you ever seen the movie Chef? I have not. Oh, excellent movie. As someone who worked in the cooking business for quite a while, love that movie. It, it, it just shows a lot of passion behind... Uh, it, it shows passion of having passion for what you make. And I think that's that's pretty cool. John Favreau nailed it in that show, and there's there's this crazy sexy scene where he's cooking up pasta agliolio for uh, Scarlett Johansson. She's making sexy eyes at him. He's chopping up the garlic. You know, yeah. it, it's a it's it's a great scene. You you should definitely look up that scene every weekend. But uh, John Favreau, he is the man in charge of Mandalorian. He made an absolutely killer first season, most watched thing on Disney Plus. Yeah, absolutely blows every other show or movie that they've put on there straight out of the water just now, on numbers i might it's I, crazy based on numbers sure but i might disagree with you on quality of the show have you watched um jeff goldblum's show on disney plus i have not i love jeff goldblum though so i might have to check it out yeah. let me tell you i just watched the first couple episodes but i can i can already say it's one of my favorite things i've seen in a while because literally, it's just Jeff Goldblum with free reign talking about whatever he wants. 
just Jeff Goldblum doing whatever the fuck he wants, like he always does. And it's fantastic. That uh, oh, little anecdote for you. Did you know that when uh, Apple was designing Siri, it was originally going to be Jeff Goldblum, like his voice. It Jeff Goldblum was going to be the voice of Siri. He was going to do all the I guess you call it voice acting for Siri. Yeah, I would have. I thought that would have been. That. <laughs> I know, but they didn't with with all the movies that he's been in and how many comical parts he had. They thought that he didn't have the like serious, you know, business vibe that they that they wanted in a virtual assistant. But sadly, like, could you but, imagine uh, though, yeah. like, uh, hey Siri, what time is it? And then he's like, "Listen, babe, <laughs> I'm not quite Listen, sure babe. what time it is, but I can tell you it's a good time." What's the weather going to be like outside Siri? Life finds a way to change the moving integers that control every single day. And it's going to be like, oh, come on, Jeff. Just tell me the weather. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, but yeah. All right. Let's talk Mandalorian season two. Um, Dropping late 2020, man, John Favreau. They've already started shooting for it. We do have it confirmed that baby Yoda will, of course, return. Now, one of my big questions is, are we going to have a jump forward in time? I can't spoil it for Matt, but at the end of the season, I want to know what happens after the end of that first episode. There's a there's a big thing. It kind of ends on a cliffhanger, you know? I want to know what happens after it, or are we going to have a jump in time where he's trying to trying to complete that, that part of the cliffhanger? It's hard to do without dropping spoilers but is he going to be able to do it is he not going to be able to do it is it going to take a long time and if it does take a long time are we going to have that jump forward in the timeline i don't know we'll see either way i'm excited now let's talk about a little bit of uh tv philosophy especially in the streaming world now netflix does this thing where when they drop a new season they drop it all at once, bam, just Correct. like that, you know, like when they dropped uh, Stranger Things, whole season, bam, right there on Netflix. That way you could just sit down, binge through every single episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they did that with Stranger Things, you know, 13 Reasons Why, all those huge Netflix series. Now, I'm perfectly okay with that, but not with a suspenseful TV show, not something with cliffhangers. I want I want time for what happened in the last episode to marinate in my head so when I come back next week and they drop the next episode, I've already thought about it and I'm excited. You know what I mean? I get what you're it's saying. It's like, to put it in a sexual metaphor is the best way I can put it. You ready for this? It's always all ready. about, it's always about anticipation. Anticipation is key. That week right there, in between last episode, next episode, they drop a little bit of a cliffhanger at the very end of one episode. You get that week. Conspiracy theories come out online. You know, people are banging their keyboard on Reddit. Bam, 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 bam. I'm reading it. I'm licking it all up. I want to know what happens next. That's all foreplay. Bam. Next episode comes down. You get a nice, big, just satisfying episode, and then you get a cliffhanger for the next one, and you get that anticipation again. Maybe it's just because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, but I really love that about a TV show, and I love that I can do it, and I can sit down, and I can hit play on those episodes and not get a single 
fucking commercial the entire episode. That's what I really like about, about you know, streaming services without advertisements. But maybe that's just me. But uh, they've been I'm doing that. I'm the opposite yeah. end of that spectrum. Really? I am. I enjoy being able to sit down and just blitz through as much of it as I as I can. Uh, because I have a hard time getting myself to uh, sit and invest my time in something like that, as it is. Mm-hmm. But once I get going, I just kind of get through the whole thing. and uh, then <laughs> You're I bulldozing to... through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I can go back and I can think about it as a whole rather than uh, mm. worrying week to week about what's going to happen next. And I got to say, I think that's the way I prefer it. Hey, that's all right. That's understandable. I, I'm the other way. Maybe that's just me. But, it, hey, that's just me, you know? <laughs> now, I do like it when they drop a whole season at once, and that's going to be whenever Netflix drops a documentary series on to their website. Because I love to be able to just hit play, sit back, and just ram through all these episodes of documentaries. Oh, well, documentaries are fantastic. I'm, I'm a weird guy like that, though. I, I love documentaries. No, I do, too. I, I love spe- uh, oh. nature documentaries. Oh, Because a lot of people, the they can't sit there and uh, watch a bear walk down the edge of a river for an hour and a half. But if it's a good-looking bear, I could easily sit there I'm for four that. hours. Oh yeah, I I'm I'm there. Like yeah. you got an hour of bears, you got an hour of foxes, you got an hour of otters, an hour of penguins. I'm I, I'm all ready. You could show me 24 hours of otters and I would not get bored. <laughs> oh man, I <laughs> otters are the best. I I'd be on that. I'd be on that. But yeah, that's uh that's Mandalorian season 2. All you Star Wars nerds like me are excited about that. I I certainly am. Uh, let's talk about a couple movies coming out. I got two, or uh, I got four or five big movies coming out here I got in 2020. Let, let me right, drop hit a me, bomb hit on me. you here. Top Gun 2. Oh. Now, if you're They're bringing a bit him older back. than Spencer and I, maybe you remember sitting in the theater, watching Top Gun, and then immediately going to buy a pair of Ray-Bans. And I bet <laughs> Very never true. In, your, in your whole life since then did you think, Wow, I can't wait to see the sequel. But here we <laughs> That's are. That's true. It's 2020. Uh, why did I just forget his name? The main actor. He was in Mission Impossible. Please help Tom me. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Thank you. Um, Tom Cruise is aged 30 years, and somehow mm-hmm. he's still climbing back into a fighter jet. And I He looks say, like he's only aged like two days. I know. And when I look at him in the trailer, I think, yeah, he looks like he could fly a fighter jet. But when I think that he was about 20 when he did Top Gun 1, which puts him into his late 40s, early 50s now. Oh, he's 50-something now. And the fact that a 50-year-old man is piloting a fighter jet, clocking turns at 8 Gs, I'm very curious (laughs) how that's going to work. That's... It's a good question, all right? It's a good question. Now, one of the big problems with... He's 57? Tom Cruise? Oh, dear God. He's 57 years old. Man, Scientology's doing something right, because that man has not <laughs> aged a day past 23. Dude's old enough to be my grandfather. I just watched him like, I know. get in a major fist fight in Mission Impossible. <laughs> I just watched him fall out of a helicopter. <laughs> exactly. What the hell? 
maybe paying money to a to a cult gets you a long life. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe something getting to cleansed that. of they're getting cleansed of those micro aliens, man. Those micro aliens are the things that that's are making right. you age. Yeah, that's that's what's <laughs> keeping us down. That's what it is. That's what's making my knees hurt. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tom Cruise, man, it's gonna be epic. I, I now what are the big problems with uh with pilot? I don't know if they're gonna make this like modern times, you know, yeah. uh, Top Gun, because if I'm right. Top Gun isn't used as a training facility anymore. Also, I'm pretty sure. I think that jets, was just like a <laughs> fighter jets have changed an awful lot in the last 30, 35 years. <laughs> it's uh, been like most of them 200 don't even years have of people in them anymore. <laughs> so what's Tom Cruise doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> is he just sitting in an office piloting a UAV? No. That's some 23-year-old enlisted Marine who went through a year and a half of schooling. <laughs> and thought he could make it as an E-League gamer, but didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he <laughs> thought he was going to be a Major League gamer when he was little, but no. Now he's piloting UAVs. Now, I know that job. I know a couple guys in that station. They, they're they quick, but holy shit, are they nerds. Like, I say that, and I'm a nerd, but man, those are nerd nerds. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Tom they're Cruise crazy. sitting behind a desk. No, he's not sitting on a desk in an undisclosed location in the middle of the, like, you know, like, I don't even know where they fly those things. What, Wyoming or something? something. Where they fly those things out of? Well, all right. But one of the things that comes with being a fighter jet pilot is this is why I think it's probably going to be taking place back in, you know, maybe a year or two after Top Gun is one of the problems with flying an airplane is you got to be, or at least with Top Gun with Tom Cruise, is you got to be an officer. And it's usually 01 to 04 being like the max you can be. Sure. So officer four in my branch of service, you know, if he's a, a major, you know, this is like his last year of flying. He's not getting it. So there's no way that Tom Cruise has been 30 years in the military and he's only promoted like twice. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe but it's definitely taking place back in the day. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I, I got All right. you. Uh, next movie coming out in 2020 that I'm excited for is going to be Bad Boys for Life. My boy, oh, Will yeah. Smith, he's back at it again. I saw every single Bad Boys. Oh, dude, every single Bad Boys movie has been pretty fucking good. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, Bad Boys 2, they showed up in a swamp on a riverboat and they took mm-hmm. out a KKK meeting. It's crazy. I love Bad Boys movies. Like, they, there's two like cop movie series that never age with me, and they just get better as it goes on. And that's Bad Boys and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> they just keep getting better as they go on. They keep saying I'm too old for this shit, but hey, they they still keep kicking for some reason. Murtaugh's got. And this it is wrong, supposed man. to be um, he, Murtaugh's got it all wrong. He keeps saying he's too old for that shit, but he keeps on kicking because that's what he loves to do. Will Smith is of course bringing his partner back into the ring in this new installation of the Bad Boys franchise. It's probably going to be the last Bad Boys we're ever going to get, but hey, I'm still excited. I'm still very excited. Uh, No details out for this yet, but we should be getting it around holiday 2020, and that is going to be Fast and Furious 9. Oh boy. Should be super exciting. I'm excited. I want to know what traits they're going to take with that, what the storyline's going to be, and I want to see some fast fucking cars. (laughs) If y'all don't know, 
Spencer, well, of course you don't know, but Spencer here is one of those Fast and Furious nuts that's seen every movie. He's one of the select yeah. few that has actually spent time to watch the existing, what is it now, 10 Fast and Furious films? Holy shit, what is it? Uh, because we got Hobbs and Shaw, we got Tokyo Drift, yeah. and we're up to eight. Ten. Yeah, that would be ten. Yeah, and I've uh, seen Hobbs yeah. and Shaw, and I've seen Tokyo Drift, and that's <laughs> it. So I'm just going to back man... up and let Spencer talk about Fast and Furious for a sec. <laughs> I, all right. Can you guess what my favorite Fast and my two favorite Fast and Furious are? Tokyo Drift. Uh-huh. Fast and Furious 2. How the fuck? You know me too well, man. You know me too well. Yeah, that's I'm it. <laughs> yeah. I have I have watched and rewatched and rewatched Too Fast, Too Furious hundreds of times. One of the biggest things is it's got the sexiest hook to any racing movie that I've ever seen, and that's the intro scene where Paul, he gets a call and uh his guys like, "Hey, you want to race tonight?" And Paul's like, "Yeah, man, you know I could I could really use the money." And uh, Ludacris is like, all right, I'll see you in five. And then Paul's like, shit, that's like 15 minutes across town. He's just in a towel. He throws on a t-shirt, throws on some jeans, slips in his, in, his, uh, in his Converse. He hops. He goes out to his garage. You see this light come on from a Nissan GTR, a Skyline GTR, the R32 in that. Nope, the R34. Sold in America. No, yeah, how did they get one in America? That's one of my big questions, but they did, and it was it was Skyline GTR, and it had that blue underglow to it, and then the big sexy hook of that movie is ludicrous song, Too Fast, Too Furious, playing as he's racing through the streets to get to that race, and no, I <laughs> there's just something about that scene. Oh, Spencer has made me mm. watch the exact scene he's talking about. He did he <laughs> several did, times. He did get. Uh, a free trial for a streaming service just so I would have to sit with him and watch the opening scene of Too Fast, Too Furious and he's oh not God, overselling it. <laughs> what what streaming service was that? I don't know. It was something I had never heard of. But you found it, it like... and you got like a one month free trial on your phone mm-hmm. and you made me sit there on the chair in your room and watch the opening scene of too fast too furious and i was like huh it's that i've never good. seen a fast and furious movie but this looks kind of cool and then you were like what and so we immediately <laughs> went to my house and watched tokyo drift oh yeah and there's some oh and that's my second favorite movie <laughs> tokyo drift love that movie i don't know as much about tokyo drift as i do about too fast too furious but it's it's still an amazing, amazing movie. One of the I love their drifting. I love, I love it all. I love that they're drifting in Evo. It makes no sense to me, but I still love it at the same time. And I also just love the Japanese domestic market of cars. I think those. It's one of the best generations of. It's one of the best sections of cars out there. I don't drive a Japanese car, sadly. I w- I kind of wish I did. I wish I had like a you know, a little shitbox Nissan Altima, or I wish I had another old Subaru again, but <laughs> I've broken too many Subarus to buy myself another one without having a triple digit or a, 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 you know, a triple zero job. Six figure. 
Six figure, that's what it's called. <laughs> Once I go. get a six figure job, then I'll get myself a shitty old Subaru again and just beat the hell out of it. <laughs> I love those things. Oh, but yeah, Fast Nights coming out. I don't know where they're going with the storyline, but hopefully it's going to be something good. We've still got Dom, we've still got Hobbs, we've still got Shaw. Dwayne Johnson. We don't have Paul anymore. Dwayne Johnson's always there. He's gonna he's gonna get mad at Dom for doing something, but then they're gonna have to team up, and then they're gonna take down some evil syndicate or something. And Shaw's gonna be part of it now. Uh, who's a who's Shaw's actor? Man, I can't. Remember I don't his name. know, but I will say Blonde Ryan British Reynolds dude. was in Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to oh, see yeah. what they do with him next because I really like Ryan Reynolds. And honestly, if a movie has Ryan Reynolds, I'll go see it for that sole purpose. Oh yeah, I'm I'm watching it. You know, yeah. I'm, I got to check it out. I, and he was hilarious in Hobbs and Shaw, too. Of course, because they brought in his, you know, Deadpool-esque character type where yeah. everything is just sultry sex jokes the entire time. But <laughs> but I, I love him. I love him so much. Uh, all right. I didn't tell you about this one when we were set up for the podcast, but this is another movie coming out in 2020. Uh, I believe it's still to be determined. Are you ready? I think so. Minions 2, no. Rise of Gru. <laughs> uh, uh, Baby, get ready for a whole new wave of Minions memes. They're coming out, and they're going to be pumping them out hot and fresh to the Facebook fucking front page, my man. I'm going to get so it's gonna much be bad. merchandise shoved down my throat. Oh, I'm yeah, everything. It. I know. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I saw the first Minions movie. It was... Okay. It was bad. I thought the original I thought the original movie, what was that called? Despicable Me. Despic I thought Despicable Me was pretty good. Despicable but... Me 1 was good. Despicable mm-hmm. Me 2 was pushing it. Despicable yeah. Me 3 was a cash grab and Minions Wait. was dog oh, yeah. crap. Minions was a cash grab in its own way because they were just pushing merchandise at that point. Exactly. It, I watched it. It was like, eh. I think I watched it when I was super bored on a road trip or something. It was okay. It's a good way to fill the time, but I would not have gone to see that in theaters. Definitely not. But, oh, yeah. Uh, another last movie that I have on my list that I'm super excited for coming out is Venom 2. Oh, yes. Woody Harrelson is playing Cletus mm-hmm. Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage. And honestly, yes, sir. if you had said, find me a person or cast cast somebody to play Carnage, a.k.a. Cletus Cassidy, I never in a million years would have thought to say Woody Harrelson, but nothing that I could come up with would be as good as that. No, definitely not. He's just amazing. <laughs> Everything I mean, he Cheers, does is great. Cheers was amazing. Um Zombieland was amazing. Planet of the Apes? Pretty much Planet of the Apes, yes. Anything that Woody Harrelson's been in is absolutely amazing. Damn it, Matt. You know what you got stuck in my head when you said Planet of the Apes? What's up? Ape. (laughs) Oh, man. Strong. No, it's not that. It's not that meme. It's it's from The Simpsons. Oh, man. When they go to see the rise of the planets of the Apes. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, dun, 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 dun. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. All right. 
Now, uh, <laughs> Venom 2, it's going to be amazing. Zombieland, you know, Woody Harrelson was absolutely fantastic. Cheers, he was absolutely fantastic. It's going to be a riot. Now, uh, we're going to get into a new section that I like to call Spencer's Rants. Are you ready for this? Always ready for a good rant. All right. Now, this rant is going to be buying slash building a PC versus buying a console. Always ready. All right. Today, we are talking about PC versus console. And what I mean by that is buying a PC versus building a PC versus buying a console. Now, everyone loves gaming. Well, everyone who probably listens to this podcast loves gaming. One of the things I love about Xbox is the controller-based system. I love playing with a controller, whether that's racing games or, you know, shooter games pretty much anything but there are some things that i don't like playing on console you know things like city skylines it's something that doesn't run that well on a console because you have to move a a cursor with a joystick now obviously on pc you can you know connect a controller and play with the controller so everyone will probably be screaming at me right now saying we'll just get you know get a good really good pc and then connect a controller to it but the problem for me is the price gap you know what i mean yeah there's a huge price gap. If you want to get a PC that could super well, you know, or really easily run top-tier games at, you know, at, you know, max specs. We're just going to say max specs. I'm going to compare this to Series X versus uh, a tower PC. You're going to need something that's got, you know, the best fucking hardware in it for the time if you want to run it on max specs and if you want it to last a while with updated games that come out. And it's just a huge fucking price difference. That's why I've never been able to, like, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and buy an actual nice tower PC. Because I know if I ever did, I'd get super upset for myself for waiting so long to buy a tower PC. Just based on how how good it is at, you know, playing video games and stuff like that. But then you get into the aspect of why would you buy a tower PC when you can just build it yourself. Now... I've built a lot of things in my life. I had a desk at home that I built. I built my own, you know, guns. Legally, of course. I'm talking about, you know. motorcycles. I've restored motorcycles. I've gotten, you know, old motorcycles working back up and get, you know. I love that stuff. Well, not motorcycles. My favorite thing was mopeds. That's the kicker right there. Those things are the most satisfying. (laughs) Don't require as much work. Way cheaper. And you can just rev around it exactly 18 miles an hour, maxed out. But... (laughs) When it comes to building a PC, it's one of those things that, you know, scares me, man. I don't know if I'd ever be able to pull the trigger, at least anytime soon. I'd probably have to go with a built, a pre-built PC first. And then if I wanted to upgrade parts, I would, you know, go on YouTube, find a, find a part that I would want to replace. Yeah, and, and find a way that I could kind of like, you know, follow it along and make sure it's something that works. After I did that a couple times with a couple parts, then I'd be probably pretty comfortable with building my own pc that's just me of course that's just my little rant about how building a pc is scary to me because i'm a little bitch i'll probably buy a tower here pretty soon because this laptop is getting a little bit aged it's good for most everything but it's getting on the edge you know what i mean i know what you're saying yeah and if i did get a pc i would definitely get something with an ssd you know what i mean because i'm not i'm not spending that hdd life i want to be editing things like you know like that snippety snap. I probably want to get something with a capture card built into it, 
just because you know gamer boy life <laughs> i got you uh, well that should bring us about to the end of the podcast do you have anything exciting coming up this next week that you want to tell us about uh the end of the holidays so sadly we gotta go back to work yeah pretty, pretty yeah. depressing starting up classes again finding yeah. a job yeah sadly that's the way it is but it's the new year it is I'm the excited. new year i want to see what new this year. new year this new decade brings i'm very it's excited. gonna be epic i was a very different person 10 years ago let's see who i am 10 years from now it'll be great you're probably gonna be 10 years older i mean that's just my theory though <laughs> I don't know about that, Chief. Mate, no? Are you going to no, be like I, I, uh, I Tom Cruise to there? <laughs> You're only going to make it eight more years. Yep. All right. Well, eh, work with what you got, I guess. <laughs> That's right. All right. You good with ending the episode here, my man? I'd say it's as good a time as any. I don't have much else to add today. I don't think so either. We will be back, of course, hopefully sometime this next coming week with another episode for you. Probably get something really exciting for that. We'll see. This is kind of nice, uh, very densely packed episode right here. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. Thank you, of course, for you know sticking with us. And you know, thank you for coming, stopping by to listen. I know it's a small podcast, but every single listen that we get is an absolute... I don't know. It makes it ma- it makes me happy. It makes me think that I'm making that we're making something that's you know it's it's worthwhile that people enjoy. Yeah. Major satisfaction. Matt, go ahead and say goodbye to the people. A goodbye. There we go. All right, taking us out today is going to be Sunlight featuring Nilka by Infinoise. Find it on No Copyright Sounds. Link in the description. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Happy New Year. Intoxicating your energy First time in so long you felt the heat Evaporating